1: today on city cash chicago drivers have crashed into cyclists in the bike lane more than 400 times over the past couple years according to a new investigation by the illinois answers project and block club chicago we talk with two cyclists about what city officials must do to make chicago streets safer it's tuesday december 6th i'm jacoby cochran and this is city cash chicago Kyle Lucas and Michael Podgers are with Better Street Chicago, and they're here to talk about some solutions. Kyle, Michael, welcome to CityCast.
2: Thanks so much for having us. Thank you for having us.
1: Before we get into the fixes, let's talk about the scope of the problem. Uh, Kyle, how dangerous is it for cyclists, pedestrians, people using accessibility tools in Chicago?
2: Yeah, we're seeing a really unfortunate trend in Chicago uh, right now of Of traffic violence on the rise. And it's not just a Chicago thing, it's a a United States trend. Um, It's actually something that has been some studies shown that we're the only developing nation in the world where post pandemic, our traffic fatalities have increased. Whereas almost all other developing nations in the world have found that their traffic fatalities are decreasing. What
1: do you think is the number one contributing trend to that?
2: It's a really simple answer. It's our infrastructure. There are so many different cities and countries that are investing in safe street infrastructure, and they're seeing the results of that action, of those choices. In the United States, in Chicago, we're not doing that. We're taking re- taking things really slow. We're doing really piecemeal approaches and we're seeing the results of that, of of, the, of us, of our inaction. Michael,
1: how many people are we talking about when we say use, you know, use their bicycle or walking across Chicago, you know, any given day
0: in Chicago? We know that, you know. Uh, Over a quarter of households don't have access to a vehicle. So all the people in that household are going to be walking or biking or taking transit, you know, uh, transit commute to work is another proxy. About a quarter of Chicagoans take uh, the CTA or Metra or another form of transit um, to work. So we know all those trips are happening on foot or by bike, even part way. But with biking, for example, one thing advocates have been asking for for a long time of the city is a bike counter on some of our busier routes. So we can actually see how many people are using these routes on a day-to-day basis. These are being put in by a lot of new infrastructure projects in a lot of um, European cities that are investing in biking. Um, Paris has been rapidly building out their bike network. And I recently saw a tweet um, of one of their bike counters on one of their bigger new uh, bike lanes, and they've already reached over 2 million rides this year. So, you know, that's that's a lot of people biking, and that is just one street in one city.
1: What's a city policy that, if passed today, would make it safer for for cyclists for for folks out here walking themselves their
0: dogs you know in terms of actual specific city policies there's one ordinance that alderman matt martin he's um the alder of the 47th ward um actually introduced this summer and basically the gist of the ordinance is that if there is a basic resurfacing or street construction project that when that project is done it or is being completed it has to integrate improvements to pedestrian and bike safety infrastructure as well you know the idea being that hey we're ripping up the road to put in you know a new sewer line or we're just doing a basic resurfacing if we're doing this construction now we may as well integrate all of this other construction in because it's a, it's a smart cost saving tool because you're already spending the money on the labor the time the machines the material so you can just go ahead and integrate Don't this into up. it. Triple yeah, up. double up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a cost-saving things. It's a time-saving things. Um, and you know, all it needs is the city has standardized street sizes. We just need standardized designs. So if this is something that you like, definitely make sure that you're getting in touch with your aldermanic office and letting them know that hey, this is something I would like you to support and. And also get in touch. We have an election coming up in February. February twenty eighth is a municipal election. This is real this is the important stuff that happens at the city level that we don't think about.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, Chicago has over 280 miles of bike lanes. Kyle, why do you think this is something that doesn't have a lot of momentum behind it? Do you think the city, you know, it's not a high priority to them? You know, what what do you think that tension is?
2: Probably the biggest reason right now is that Uh, the majority of Safe Street projects that get done in the city of Chicago are up to alder people. So if your alder person doesn't care about this sort of thing, it's just not going to happen, either because they're not, you know, working to get it implemented, or when the city comes to them with a project, they either let it die or they're actively against it. And so uh, right now, aldermanic prerogative is really one of the biggest um, biggest roadblocks to getting safe streets. you know there's a there's a couple of different things that we need to need to do to address that. We need a mayor who really supports safe streets from the mayoral level and who is gonna push for a citywide focus on building out Safe Street infrastructure. We don't have that right now. I mean, frankly, she called Chicago a car city and, and said that, you know, basically outlined that this is not a priority for her. None of us exist just within our ward. I go through, you know, four or five different wards just to get to work. I go to another ward to go to the grocery store. I it, So, you know, I'm biking down and then the bike lane just disappears. You know, that, that's not how we operate in the city.
1: Better Streets is working to do more advocacy at the state level. But I don't know if many people are even familiar how the state interfaces with something like safer streets in Chicago. So so what can the state do that would you know get down to us?
0: The state controls a lot of the funding and the decision making for how transportation funding is spent in Illinois. Um, there have been a few successes a few years ago. Um The Active Transportation Alliance was able to get successfully get a bike walk fund integrated into the Illinois Department of Transportation, also IDOT, into their budget, which guarantees a certain um, certain amount of money be spent on those types of uh, projects. But you know, the state is still investing tens, hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars into highway expansion projects. So we need the state to not only start unleashing more funds for walking, biking, and transit. And not just in Chicago, but in suburban communities, in the smaller cities downstate in Illinois. So we really need Springfield and the governor um, and IDOT to both change its funding formula to make sure that these projects are getting invested in at minimum at the same rate as roadway projects. And because of our needs and the changes we may need to make, Fundamentally, we need to start investing in those more than road and highway projects. So um, this is, again, one of those things where, like, pay attention to who's running for the state assembly and who's running for the state senate. Um, Keep an eye on where money is going from IDOT. Like, if they announce a new highway expansion project, that should be a red flag immediately. Why are we doing it?
2: One thing that a lot of people don't know is that IDOT actually controls some of the most dangerous roads in Chicago. You think Irving Park Road, Cicero, Pulaski, all these big, wide roads, uh, Western Avenue. Those are all not controlled by the city. And a lot of times there have been proposals to do safe streets projects on them, and they've been curbed by the state. Mm. A great example is in the 47th Ward, Alderman Matt Martin pushed for pedestrian improvements on Irving Park Road, and the state said no. And just this summer, we saw there was an elderly man, his name was Peter Paquette, He was trying to cross the street and was struck and killed by a driver. These are like tangible things that we have can have the ability to do stuff for. But because of bureaucracy, we're not getting it done. I
1: mean, if any of us walk outside of our door, it's pretty clear who streets and roads are designed for. And it's it's cars, it's drivers. So if we want to make streets safer. Let's start with drivers. Uh, Kyle, what can drivers do that would make other people safe on the road, whether they're cyclists or pedestrians?
2: I think a lot of the things that drivers can do are are really simple things that they've already been taught to do but uh but oftentimes ignore it um so you know one thing is just slow down um there's a real major epidemic of speeding in Chicago and it feels like it's built into our culture um but it's something we got to change it's speed kills um, another thing is distracted driving. A lot of people are using their phones while they're driving, and it is so incredibly dangerous.
1: I got into a real nasty accident on 79th and Stony Island in South Chicago. Someone was texting and driving while I was making a left on that scary-ass intersection. Oh, man, that intersection so bad. They spun me out and practically pushed me into the, into the Taco Bell parking lot. And so, Ooh. you know, between just those few, what, what are some other things that the drivers can do slowing down, paying attention while you're driving?
2: Don't park in bike lanes. Um, you know, it, sometimes it might seem hard to do, especially, you know, maybe you're a gig worker, you're either delivering food or you're picking up or dropping people off. Um, you know, maybe instead of drop, dro- dropping off directly in front of the place that this person's going to, can I go a hundred feet forward and pull into a parking spot? Parking and bike lanes is dangerous. We have had people who have been killed this year because of it. And then paying attention when, you know, if you're opening doors, there's this really great thing called the Dutch reach um, that was come up with by, by the Dutch when they were grappling with a lot of these things back in the seventies. Um, a lot of people were getting doored when people were opening car doors and opening them into cyclists. So instead of opening with your left hand, open with your right hand. And that forces you to move your body into a position where you can look over your shoulder and you can see who's coming so that you know that you're not opening your door into somebody.
1: Michael, I understand that, you know, the 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 weight of responsibility is different. One person is themselves on a bike or just, you know, walking. The other person might be in a thousand pound vehicle. But when we look at cyclist behavior or education, you know, what's something that cyclists can do to better protect themselves on the road?
0: I mean, yeah, it's hard for me to answer this one because this is very much a it's not an equal. This is not an equal sided thing. You know, somebody in a bike who's you know, has a 50 pound bike and maybe weighs 150, 180 pounds, that physically just can't compete with a two ton vehicle, even moving 30 miles per hour that, you know, that's pretty much you're likely to get killed if you're a pedestrian it's even more likely that said there are definitely things that we would advocate for and there's also we advocate for the infrastructure to support this for example doing a box turn for uh left turns which is instead of using the actual left turn lane like a lot of cyclists will do you cross and then you take the turn once you've crossed the street so Basically, like if you were a pedestrian. But I also want to point out, though, too, that I think a lot of the the so-called bad behavior that drivers will complain about from cyclists is often something that is very defensive.
1: I ain't gonna lie, though. On a bike, if I don't see cars coming, I'm more likely to fly through the stop sign than if I was in the car. I'm well, not even gonna, I would just fly through and that's not good behavior. Well, and so I, I know it's not always defensive on my end. Sometimes I
0: be offensive out here. Well, it's one of those things that we have to think about, though, how it's done. So, for example, there's actually something called the Idaho stop, which basically states that at a stop sign, drivers must stop, but cyclists may treat it as a yield as opposed to a stop sign. And that decision was uh, arrived at because of a few things. One, a vehicle simply has to stop to make sure that they are moving through the street safely. Even if you're a really big person on a bike, you're still not a car like there's there's you know, you can you can still very stop very quickly. And that's why the Idaho stop, for example, is something that a lot of people, a lot of places have been adopting as official policy.
1: One thing I would suggest from from a behavioral standpoint, and it's particularly geared towards drivers as someone who didn't do a lot of cycling for a while and only primarily drove. If you have the time, if you have the means, get on a bike and get out into these streets it changes the way you look at the streets i have been in some cars with people i know who ain't on bikes because the way they talk about people on bikes the way they constantly you know may berate why are all these people out here well well because there are bike lanes and because mm-hmm. people should also have access to the street the street isn't just for cars and so if you are someone who drives primarily maybe getting out on a bike on this the streets of chicago will, will kind of change the way you see things Kyle Lucas and Michael Podgers are with Better Street Chicago. We appreciate y'all stopping by CityCast today.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you.
1: Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. While Cook County remains at medium risk for COVID-19, 12 Illinois counties have already entered high risk and are recommending masks in public again. Illinois is also seeing its highest hospitalization rate since February. The majority owner of the Red Stars announced he is selling his stake in the team. Current and former players called on Arnhem Whistler to sell after a federal report revealed he dismissed abuse allegations against the team's former coach. Semi-colon, the black woman-owned bookstore in Wicker Park is moving back to its original River West location. The owners bought the building and say they're reopening on Friday. And some good news to get you through. Our friends over at Invisible Institute are hosting a happy hour this Thursday at Retreat at Currency Exchange in Washington Park. Doors open at 5, and you can learn about all of their great work. Grab a drink, and then at 7, enjoy a performance from the Julian Reed Jazz Trio. As always, we appreciate you for listening. I'm going to talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Here we go now, baby, here we go now, baby, take it to the top, yeah.